It's time yet again for another giveaway. First, February's gift card winners are Hey, It's Me, Ethan Reynolds, Josh Curry, Harry Everton, and Claire Strange. Reply to my message in your inbox to claim your prize. I'll be waiting. If you want to win a $20 Amazon gift card this month, just subscribe and comment below. Now, it's time for more stories from the Easy Victim Catalog, I, I mean Facebook. This world is a strange one. With nearly two billion users, Facebook.com is one of the largest all-day, everyday gathering places for any and every kind of person that exists. Anyone can be whatever or whoever they want. All it takes is someone else's picture. It's not so hard to deceive others. So many people are being preyed upon as we speak. It could be you, and you wouldn't even know it. So, in honor of the world's best platform for deception, I offer you these allegedly true scary stories from Facebook. Also, if you've got any scary stories from Craigslist, I would love to hear them. Send them over at darknessprevails.org and they may appear in a future video. Thanks. Now, are you ready to log in? Because you may never log out. Number one, dating his stalker. Submitted by Chrissy. This didn't happen to me, but I saw it happen to my coworker. It's actually still developing, but a lot has happened and it's enough to creep me out. So I figured I'd share the story. About a year ago is I believe when it started. I work at a grocery store in the drugstore department with my friend B. He's a nice guy, very mild tempered and kind and maybe a tiny bit desperate. I guess that's the mean way of putting it. He just hasn't found the right girl. So he met M while working, shortly after I started working there. From what I heard from B, she came up to him one day and passed him a piece of paper with her name and number, saying she wanted to get to know him. B thought she was pretty cute and the way she approached him was nice, so they started messaging on Facebook. And this is where things got a bit strange. It started with the same old, don't message her back for an hour, why aren't you answering me, stuff, and eventually turned into her coming to the store to watch him work, and she even started to leave Bible verses around the store and on his profile. Not just any Bible verses, but all Bible verses about lust and bearing children, pretty much this biblical, sexual stuff. It was really bizarre. B would usually tell me about her and her antics, about how weird she acted, leaving these messages and pieces of paper with scriptures to look up, how she would tell him how they belonged together. Keep in mind, this was only about two months after they met. B finally got the crazy vibes and told her he did not want to talk to her anymore. She was just coming on too strong. He blocked her number and her Facebook profile. He even had to go to his service provider and get a new number in the end. The last message he got from her was one saying he would come to his senses one day and want to be with her, and when he was ready, she would forgive him. After a while of him not letting her contact him, she showed up at the store more and more often. Not usually leaving Bible verses now, but instead just plain old stalking him around the store. Her whole family knew about him and would glare at B because he turned her down. From what I've heard, she has been telling her whole family he was the one God wanted for her to be with, and they were destined to be together. So her grandma would usually take her to see him. One day, B saw them come in and as usual ignored them, but she didn't seem to like that, and she threw a block of cheese at him, 
That's right, a block of cheese, straight from the deli. It hit him in the back, and her grandma even hit him with her cart, full on ramming it into his back. I guess her whole family was crazy. But B was livid at this point. She'd harassed him for months, and now her family was in on it. Now B is very mild-tempered, so he looked calm, but I've never seen him so mad. He ended up calling security and the management and got her banned from the store. Unfortunately, her grandma did not get in as much trouble. It was her first offense. Luckily though, that was the last of her for a while. I went on an extended vacation back in July and B and I kept in touch, but just before I returned home, he told me he had feelings for me and I wasn't very confrontational and I told him I only saw him as a friend and I told him as nicely as I could. I was so worried that when I got back, that things would be tense between us, but we both went back to our normal ways. Anyway, in October, B told me about how she was contacting him again through his Facebook with a new account of hers. She was asking him if they could dress as vampires together for Halloween, which B thought was strange since neither of them had plans. By the time December rolled around, another coworker came to me and told me that B has a girlfriend, and you can guess who. B and I had been distant for a while now, even after mending what happened after my vacation, so I guess it made sense. Kay, the coworker, told me that basically B had gone over to her house and they hooked up, but it gets really mental here. After they had sex, she took the condom and put it in her fridge, and I swear she told him this, if you ever tried to leave me, I have a way to keep you around. Now, I'm not sure how well freezer semen keeps, but this was creepy and insane nonetheless. She ended up Facebook stalking and harassing all of his friends, even our 40-year-old cashier, who simply commented on one of his pictures. So Crazy M replied that she lived by the same park and she sees her walking on weekends. That sounds to me like a threat. That's why I mentioned his feelings for me earlier, because it looks like she did her research on me as well and apparently B has to keep a safe distance or she flips. Everyone at work knew about them getting back together except for me, but I think that's because of the feelings he had for me, which I can understand. Basically, M checks all of his texts and messages. She searches his phone every time they're together, and just a week or so ago, when we were having a Christmas party, B really wanted to go, but M was not invited for obvious reasons, and when B said he was going, M told him, you can go, but just see what happens. None of us knew what the heck that meant. We were sure at any second she could kill somebody. She was so crazy and we're all hoping for the sake of his well-being, his life, his future, that he gets out of that mess of a relationship quickly before someone gets killed. This is by far the most bizarre, crazy and creepy thing I have ever experienced. Number two. Vanishing Facebook Friend, submitted by Tiana Jade. It was the winter of last year. I was sitting on my bed using my laptop and I was chatting with a friend on Facebook that had recently moved to my part of town. We met at a basketball game at school. His name was Seth. We were discussing some homework when I randomly got a friend request from a boy with the same last name as Seth. I was confused. I didn't know who this was, so I decided to ask Seth if he knew them. I sent a message over saying, hey, do you know anyone named Ashton Frenta? Seth read my message and I sat there waiting for a response for maybe 15 minutes. 
but he didn't reply. So I went downstairs and sat there watching TV with my mom, and soon I forgot all about the weird friend request. The next day was Monday. I found myself waking up to an annoying alarm. I turned it off and laid back in bed checking my phone. First, I checked Facebook, as I always did, and strangely, I had 13 new messages from Seth. With him being my friend, I opened them right away to see what was wrong. They said, yes, why? Do you know him? Do you want to know him? You should talk to him, he's a real chill guy. He's my cousin and he thinks you're pretty. Why are you ignoring me? Why the heck are you ignoring me? I've told him about you. He knows you and he can see you. Please reply. I'll see you at school. I stared at these messages for a few minutes, reading them over and over, trying to make some sense out of them before I realized he must have been talking about the guy who sent me the friend request. I felt a really bad feeling and was quite creeped out about it. I didn't expect Seth to react that way when I didn't reply. I then looked at the messages again and realized all 13 messages were sent at the exact same time. 2.14 a.m. I mean, how on earth could anyone type all 13 of those messages within a minute? This just creeped me out. I decided to delete the conversation and got ready for school. I honestly wasn't looking forward to it. I walked to school with my friend Emmy. I told her about Seth, but she didn't think much of it. She finds Seth creepy anyway and just changed the subject to something about a random boy she slept with the other day. I pretended to listen and acted like I cared, but really I was just worrying about seeing Seth and wondering how he was going to act with me. Once I got to my first class, I sat in my usual seat at the front. I looked at the back and Seth wasn't sat in his seat. It was some other kid with long black and scruffy hair. He had olive looking skin and a huge smile on his face. I quickly turned around. That guy gave me chills. My teacher, Mr. Leavers, started calling out names to register us. He called out everyone's name, including mine, but he did not call out Seth's name. He never even called out the name to the weird kid at the back. So I spoke up. Sir? I croaked. He looked up at me sleepily. Yes, he said. You didn't ask for the new kid's name. I frowned. What new kid? he said, looking around. So I turned around, and before I spoke, the kid was gone. He wasn't there anymore. I fell off my seat in fear. The whole class laughed at me. Confused and afraid, I got back in my chair. When the teacher wasn't looking, I texted my mom, telling her I wasn't feeling too good, so I ended up going home early. Later that night, after I had showered, I sat on my bed, ready to go to sleep after a long day. I just got into bed before I noticed my laptop screen glowing across the room. I stood up and went over to my desk to check it. On the screen was a Facebook message from Seth. It said, So why'd you leave class today? I furrowed my eyebrows. How in the world did he know? He wasn't even in class. So that's what I replied. I asked him how he knew. And almost instantly he answered. Ashton told me. I just sat there thinking, the guy from the friend request. I clicked the tab where it says new friend requests and his name popped up, Ashton Franta. The name was sounding creepier by the minute. I clicked his profile and my heart sank. His picture was of the same boy who I saw in Seth's seat today, 
with the black hair and the creepy smile. I messaged Seth back. I saw that kid in class. Why was he there and where did he go? Seth's reply was once again instant. He was there, he said, and I responded, yes, but he vanished. And another reply, I said he was there, okay? This scared me a little, so I decided not to respond. Seth was acting really strange. I went to look at Ashton's profile again, but all I could see was his name and one profile picture, as his account was mostly private. I hovered my mouse over the accept friend request button for a few minutes before I finally clicked it. I had to know more about this guy. I began stalking his profile, looking through his pictures. He had the same creepy smile in all of them. I noticed we had no mutual friends, nobody from school or in town. Not even Seth was friends with him, which creeped me out even more. Eventually, I shut my laptop and I went to bed. The next day at school, I sat next to Emmy at lunch and I told her about Seth and Ashton. She thought it was amusing. She said, oh my God, he's totally getting his creepy friends to hit on you. She began to irritate me because she wasn't listening to anything I said. So I told her to look up Ashton's profile on her phone. After much persuasion, she finally typed in his name. I can't even find him, she said, staring at her phone. Well, give it to me, I said. I took the phone and searched my own name, scrolling through my friends list. And I was so confused. There was no Ashton Franta. What? He's gone, I said, and she rolled her eyes. Maybe he was never there. She teased me, but this annoyed me because I knew he was there. As soon as I got home, I ran to my room and pulled open my laptop. I searched for his profile, but he popped up straight away and I decided to message him. Hey, do you go to my school? I said, trying to start a conversation. You already know the answer to that question. He responded, and for some reason it sent a shiver down my spine. Well, why didn't I see you today? I hesitantly asked. I was there, he responded instantly. I swallowed hard, being reminded of what Seth had said last night. I closed the chat, not wanting to speak to him anymore. About half an hour passed, and a message from Ashton popped up. I'm always there. I slammed my laptop shut, scared to death of this creepy guy. I didn't know what he wanted, and at this point, I did not want to be a part of it. A few weeks passed. There was no sign of Seth or Ashton. I was constantly on edge, thinking about how Seth hadn't showed up to school after I asked him about Ashton. I still had no idea who Ashton was, where he came from, how he vanished. All the teachers of the classes that me and Seth shared stopped reading his name out on the register. I even messaged him a few times on Facebook asking where he'd gone. Did he transfer and I didn't hear about it? But he never replied. After a month or so, I decided to go to the principal and ask about Seth. I walked into his office and sat down. He turned to face me. And what can I do for you, young lady? He said kindly, and I hesitated before asking. What happened to Seth? He frowned at me and looked away before mumbling. Who do you mean? I glared at him. You know who I mean, Seth. The Seth who's been in my class since day one. Did he transfer? What happened to him? I said angrily. He stopped and stared at me. Well, he's here, he said. And that's all he said. I felt my heart beat fast, and I started to cry. What does that even mean? I was confused and upset. 
but the principal just told me I have to go back to class. What was happening? On the way home, I decided to walk alone instead of with Emmy. I took the long way because it went past Seth's house. I stopped outside and stared at it for a few minutes before walking up to the front door and knocking loudly. I needed answers. A few moments passed and I was greeted by a short, middle-aged man. I spoke up. Is Seth here? I asked. The man looked up and down before slamming the door in my face. I stood there in shock, in disbelief, before knocking again. This time, nobody answered. I decided to just go home. Another few months passed, still no sign of either boy, and nobody seemed to want to talk about Seth, or they acted like they didn't know him anymore. One night I was sitting on my bed and my phone began to ring. I took it in my hand and looked at my phone. The number was unknown, apparently. I took a deep breath and answered the call. Hello, I said quietly. For the first few seconds, there was nothing, but then a raspy voice began to speak, but I couldn't quite make out what it was saying before I listened closer. Whoever it was, was reading out those 13 messages Seth sent me all those months ago. As soon as I realized that, I hung up. I was petrified. I grabbed my laptop and blocked Seth and Ashton on Facebook. The next day, I changed my number. To this day, I haven't seen or heard from Ashton or Seth. Maybe that's for the better. I don't know what happened to them or where they are, but I definitely hope I never see them again. Still, no one at school mentions Seth. His name is still never read out and every teacher I ask either doesn't think he exists or they're hiding something. Either way, I don't think I'll ever find out what really happened. This episode is sponsored by The Dead Files from Travel Channel. If you're listening to anything on the EerieCast network, odds are you love ghost stories. That's why I think you'll love The Dead Files from Travel Channel. Join hosts Amy Allen and Steve DeShavi as they investigate paranormal activity haunting real people and homes across the US. Each host offers a unique and exciting perspective for every case. Amy is a medium, seeing and speaking to those who are no longer in the world of the living. And Steve is a retired homicide detective who uses public records and witness testimony to piece together the history of the haunted location. Each episode of The Dead Files features a different, real haunting to possibly help the family struggling with its effects. One episode on Falconer, New York, deals with a family who keeps waking up with scratches and bruises. They frequently witness a shadow figure lurking around their home. Amy and Steve receive their call and investigate, with Amy using her strength as a medium to understand who the presence is coming from and why it's so angry while Steve, separately, researches the history of the home, only to discover several previous residents who lived at the home died, confirming Amy's own findings. After their investigation, Amy and Steve must conclude with whether the house is safe to remain in, or if it's time to get out. I really love the deferring perspectives and skill sets between the two hosts, and I think that's why The Dead Files is a must-listen podcast for any fan of the paranormal and supernatural. Listen to The Dead Files wherever you get your podcasts. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Number 3. The Facebook Pervert Submitted by Quinn I'm 17 years old, and I met a girl on the other side of the world. We started talking and we hit it off really well. She was so nice. So after a year of talking, we finally hooked up. We have been together for almost two years now, and in about a year, I'm going to go see her, and hopefully we'll be married, if all goes according to plan. I mention this all because she was the original reason I got started on Facebook in the first place. I signed up for an account when I was 15 so that we could talk. It was the easiest thing to us. Not too long after that, I got a friend request from this person. I accepted it, which I usually do. I'm not too picky about who I friend, but almost right away this person, he started to private message me. He said stuff like, hey, your pick is great, you're handsome. Now, this guy didn't speak English very well, so at first I figured he wasn't being a creep. He just had a hard time saying the correct things. So I messaged back and said thanks. I went back to Facebook and looked for my picture he was talking about. You see, on my whole profile, and not even as my profile picture, I only have one picture of me. So apparently this guy, before he sent a friend request, had looked through my pictures until he found me, and then he just had to say that I looked handsome. This was weird, but I've seen worse. He began to message me more, talking about where he was from and how he was doing. Out of nowhere, and I didn't even ask, he said that he was bisexual. I mean, I don't know why he just messaged that. I wasn't asking and I wasn't curious. I was barely into the conversation because I didn't know the guy. It took me a moment to figure out what to reply. I didn't want to be rude or insensitive. So finally I said, that's cool, I'm not personally, but I like anyone who's not rude. He said, okay, cool. And that was the end of it for about two weeks. Because two weeks later, he sent me three of those heart-eye smiley faces and I responded with, hi? Question mark. He didn't send me any more messages until about two weeks after that. And that's when things escalated. This time the message was four videos. I clicked on the first one. It was 16 seconds long. 16 seconds of him staring into the camera while having sex with another dude. He had this smile on his face. 
I was instantly horrified and disgusted. After that, I was not about to look at the other three videos, and at this point, I was angry. I said, what are you doing? What is this? But then he acted like I asked for it, like I was enjoying seeing these videos. Now, I've seen his profile, and I know that's him in the video, but he says to me, someone has been sending these videos to me, like he's pretending it's not him in the video. So I just say, well, the person can stop, and if they don't stop, they can screw off and I will block them. He finally sends me one last message, and I'm very hesitant to open it. When I do, I'm petrified. It reads, that's going to be you, whether you like it or not. I didn't message him back, and ever since, he hasn't sent me anything else. I didn't tell my parents what happened, because it would be another excuse for my mom to say the internet is bad. She's already very paranoid about it. I'm sure this would be the straw that broke the camel's back, but I did tell my brothers about it. I had to tell someone. Honestly, I hope he does not respond anymore. And if he does, if he sends me anything else, I'll report him and block him right away. Maybe I should have already. Maybe I'm not serious enough about this situation. After all, I don't have any personal information on Facebook, just that one picture of me. But even if he does somehow find me, let's see him try. Our family is redneck. We believe in God and we have plenty of guns. If anyone breaks in, they won't be leaving unscathed. If there's any moral to the story, be wary of who you friend, because the moment you do, they have access to part of your life and they can contact you and completely blindside you with the most disturbing things you've seen and heard, and they might even threaten you. And number four, a creepy Facebook acquaintance, submitted by Mila, AK. Before I start, I need to mention that my town's population is about 1,300, and most of that fits on both sides of one road. The businesses there are mostly agribusiness. There's one small grocery store, a restaurant, and bank, and there's one small store that sells a little bit of everything. Since there's not much here, we often go to nearby towns for other things. So this started at the end of May about three years ago. I was out from my second year of high school, which was located in a nearby town. I got a friend request on Facebook from some guy I didn't know. Cautiously, I began to check his profile. I noticed that he lived in my hometown, was four years older than me, and had over 1,000 friends on that site. I was a little confused because who seriously has that many friends in real life? He must be accepting any and all requests or sending out requests every which way. Also, I found out that I knew his sister. Apparently, she graduated the year before from the same high school. I had been talking with his sister, and she was okay. So, eventually, I gave in, and I decided to accept his friend request, and I still regret it to this day. Later that same day, I got a message from him. You need to know at this point that I very rarely spoke with anyone, even with my own friends. I never sent messages and I never received them. So I was surprised. He asked what I was doing and after answering with just listening to music, he sent me, guess where my profile picture was taken? Immediately, I thought he sounded like a child. After I answered, he then said, it's almost like I've seen you before. Believe me, I haven't seen him before in my life. And later on the same day, he sent me a message again, talking about how his relationships weren't working. 
I answered that I can't relate because I haven't been in one and he answered with, okay, and a smiley face. All of this came out of nowhere. He was getting a bit personal too fast and he was starting to freak me out. So I said I had to go to the store before I closed the message app. Later on that night, I was on Facebook again and sure enough, he began to message me again, speaking about music and suddenly just dropping one giant bomb on me. You are beautiful. Alarm bells were ringing very loudly at this point. We've known each other for one day. We've been talking for just one day and out of nowhere, he decided to hit on me. And this was right after he said that his relationships weren't working out. I should have blocked him then, but I didn't and I still haven't. The thought of it made me feel bad. So I just answered, thanks. And he asked, what about me? He was not my type, but again, I was just too nice and I couldn't say something mean. I began to work and I answered very politely that I don't like him. I wish it would have ended there. He began to message me more and more often and my state of paranoia grew because summer vacation started, which meant that I had to go back to my hometown, also where he was living. I started to tell one of my close friends about him and what he was saying just in case. One day I logged into Facebook and I saw that he was online, so I just immediately logged off. I was avoiding him as much as possible. At one point I was too slow and the first thing he asked was my number. He began to talk about how his side of Facebook was too quiet and how lucky he was having me to talk to. He was mentioning how nice it would be just texting and why I didn't give him my number. Then he was asking me where I lived. Obviously that went too far. Now at some point he had a girlfriend and one thing that disturbed me was the fact that they were engaged for one or two months. All the while he still talked to me on Facebook, hitting on me harder than ever. As you would expect, the engagement didn't last. There were some days up to three months when he didn't message me at all, which was a relief and for some odd reason it was creepy too. Before I ever saw him face to face, I got a message from him one time saying that I looked prettier in person, which freaked me out right away. But seeing him face to face was almost impossible given the size of my hometown, but I never saw him. And believe me, I was cautious, keeping an eye out for this guy, but somehow he saw me and I didn't see him. What game was he playing? There were so many times I almost ran away from my own hometown because my instincts were screaming to run, but I didn't. I was lucky he never came after me. But the very last time I heard from him was four months ago. He was telling me again how beautiful I was and asking if he was handsome in my opinion. He had been saying the same thing, day in, day out, for months. At that point, I was done. I told him that he was not my type, that I didn't find him attractive at all. His reply to that was, I think I can make you come around. Luckily, I haven't heard from him since, but I still fear that he'll come back at any moment, haunting me and stalking me again. I think I might block him, but now I've dug a hole so deep, I don't know how he might react to me blocking him. If this is how he acts, just messaging, there's no telling what he might do in real life. I hope he just stays away. Many people these days understand the dangers of social media and the creepy people that browse it daily. But every year, technology becomes more and more accessible, which means our children, kids who have nothing but trust for other people, can easily be manipulated. 
Without certain precautions, you may lose the ones you love. The moment you turn away, there are predators around every corner. So be careful out there. Catfish is tasty, but getting catfish can be deadly. Good night. Be sure to like, share, comment, and subscribe if you enjoyed the video. And don't forget to send us your Craigslist scary stories soon at darknessprevails.org. Thanks.